So our guest is Jenny Sherman. Is that right, Jenny? Just ignore the I, Sherman. Sherman, okay, that was confusing me. And as I said, she's one of our preferred partners. And um, I wanted her to come on tonight and talk to you and the people that'll listen to this later about her coaching business, how she got started and what she has to offer that could help your race team. Maybe it, she could help you personally with relationships. We're gonna hear what she has to say. So Jenny, take it away. Yeah, um, and I, I appreciate Melinda, you extending the offer for me to, to come in and spend time with you guys and to explain a little bit about what I do and, and hopefully how I can help you guys. Um, I was actually having a conversation similar to this last night, so it's not just happening here. There's lots of conversations like this happening all over the motorsports industry. I have been around motorsports for professionally for about a decade. Um, I've been I've been around for longer than that as an enthusiast. Um, there are gray hairs here that are going to start to come through as uh, this goes on longer, and I I can't get to my stylist, but. Um, I always joke that I am older than I look, I promise. Um, so I started out as an enthusiast and then started to left, left my exciting career in the insurance and securities industry and went to work for a motorcycle performance shop. Ran that shop and eventually went on to work for actually Kawasaki Corporate and went to work for Nissan and got into learning and development. And as I did that, I, I really liked the, the mentoring and the coaching and the management that I was doing. And I wanted to find a way to do that um, differently, uh, more effectively. And so I went on to actually start my master's in executive coaching and consulting. And that's actually what I'm just finishing now. I've got about eight or so months left at Concordia back in California. And along with that, I had started a business and I kind of do two things. So there's bucket number one, which is the executive coaching piece of that. So if you are either, you know, a C-suite executive or, you know, middle manager, basically if, if you're in management, the executive coaching can apply to you. Bucket number two is kind of what Melinda was referring to, which is, what I expect is going to be more of my coaching. That's the motorsports focus. That's the athletes, the teams, the professionals in motorsports, because that's my passion. That's my people. That's where I've been the last that, you know, decade, my friends, my family. Um, it's what I love. And I wanted to find a way to serve them. And how I do that is through coaching. And what that looks like is even before all of this, I coached virtually. So for me, it hasn't really been a whole big change other than, you know, I can't, I can't go outside as much, but, you know, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching via Zoom. And so it's very similar to this, you know, there's a, there's a link and the, the client signs up for their sessions and we talk about lots of different things. It might be, you know, mental performance associated with, with racing. It might be, they've got communication issues with the team, whether that team is, you know, uh, an engineer or, you know, if, if you're in a professional environment, maybe that's an office team, but communication is communication. And so whether it's an executive coaching arrangement or a team coaching arrangement, it, it all kind of translates. And it, it, at the end of the day, it all kind of ends up being really similar coaching. Um, 
the training that I received and the reason that I pursued the master's that I did is because it was very hands-on. I didn't want to just go get a you know, degree in psychology, which I have a lot of background in psychology, but I didn't want to just go get that because I felt I wasn't going to get the deep coaching experience and the deep coaching training that I could get through this program. And I've really learned a lot about how people relate to each other and, you know, how to bring things out of people, how to set goals that, you know, you're actually going to be able to achieve, how to push you how to, because growth is not comfortable. Growth is very uncomfortable. Um, you know, if you're working with a, a mentor or a coach or somebody and you're setting a goal and you're like, yeah, I think I can do that. It's probably not the right goal for you. Um, you know, so it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to challenge you. And at the end of the day, you're going to look back and you're going to go, oh, I'm, I'm glad that she kicked my butt a little bit on that. Um, you know, I didn't like it so much of time maybe, but, you know, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. I coach for mental performance and for development and it's science-based. Um, it's not fluffy and um, I love it and I, I can't wait to do more of it. So <clears throat> what would be, let's say that I own a race team and um, so what would be some things that you have, I know you said communication, well that's that's across the board. Everybody can yeah. improve on that. Mm -hmm. But what, are, what would be some other issues that you've seen some race teams or people in racing have that you could share about and, and you know, tell our ladies here, well, this mm -hmm. was the issue and this is kind of how we worked on it. Just a couple of them. Yeah. Another big issue that's probably not going to surprise anybody that I see in racing a lot is confidence. Um, which may or may not seem counterintuitive to the racing industry, but there's a lot of people out there, male or female, that um, they're going out and you're doing things that are, to the outside observer, very scary. Um, you know, you're, you're taking, whether it's a motorcycle or a car, whatever it happens to be, um, down a track at very high speed, and they're thinking, wow, that's, you know, that must take an, an incredible amount of confidence to do that. Yes, but there's a lot of insecurity involved in racing, whether that's where's my next sponsorship going to come from? Am I going to go as fast as the person next to me? Um, is my girlfriend, guy friend, whatever it happens to be going to leave me because I wasn't as fast as that person. There are so many things that go through a, a racer's mind that confidence is one of the biggest things that I end up working with um, an, an athlete, especially. And um, as far as, you know, like a team principal or something like that, usually it's financial related and uh, there's a lot of control, um, that we end up working with. And, um, a lot of times it's letting go of things that you can't control and controlling the controllables and, and things like that, which yeah. at this, at this time with the, you know, the virus and everything that's regardless of, of, you know, what, what, um, background I've, I've been working because I've been working with people that are not even in motorsports. Like I said, I do some executive coaching and that's the biggest thing right now. It's just people. And, and you probably have seen this if you've been in the grocery store and everything else, people are wanting to just control everything. People get upset about very little things right now. There's arguments coming up over, over nothing. And it's, it's that control piece. Well, it's also the unknown. We're all sitting here. We don't know 
And it isn't just about racing. Yeah. When are we going to go back racing? Yeah. But really that's at the, you know, in the scope of things, that's not at the top of the list. Yeah. You know, how, how much longer are we going to be confined to not being able to enjoy the summer in Michigan? Right. Because that's the best time to live in Michigan is in the summer. So, you know, how, how much longer is this going to go on? You know, luckily my husband has a pole barn that he can go down and do things in, but there's a lot of people that can't. Okay. There's Mm -hmm. there. And I just, I just heard, you know, there's more suicides. There's more, um, kids are in danger because if they're in a, if they're in a bad situation already, and now they're 24 seven in that situation, you know, battered women, men, some, you know, they said it isn't just women that are battered, some, some men. So we've got such, such um, different lifestyle now that we've had to learn how to cope with things that we can't control. And I don't know about the rest of you ladies, but I like to know the plan and I like to follow the plan, which is a way, it's kind of a way of control, you know? So, um, Do any of you have any questions for her? Or what What else can you? Does anybody have a question that you want to ask me? Or we'll let her. All right, Jenny, keep talking to us. This is good stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. So the other thing that's come up. So my graduate cohort and I, um, as a way to to manage our own emotions through all this and to make sure that we are able to serve the people that we serve, because. I guess the analogy that I'll use is as, as we are pouring out into people, eventually that cup runs dry. So you have to have something poured back in. So we're trying to pour back into each other. So we are meeting on zoom every day if we can. Now, you know, we're doing graduate studies, we're running businesses. Um, you know, we're, we're doing those types of things. Um, but the, the thing that, that came up in addition to the, what you had mentioned about, you know, the domestic violence and the suicides and all of that was the concern for OCD and that exploding. Because even if you're a person who, and again, OCD is rooted in control. Even if you're a person who, like myself, I, I like my structure. I like my order. I like my, I talk about my planner. If you ever watch any of my videos, I, I like my, I like my things how I like my things. Um, but if you're a person who maybe is a little bit even borderline OCD, the germs and the concern and the unknown and all of that through this, our concern, and I'm sure probably plenty of mental health professionals concerns is that that's, it's going to explode through all of this. So there's going to be just a, you know, a, a, a series of, of mental health issues that, that are going to come as a result of this. I can, you know, I can see that. And I see, you know, we watch the news and I, you know, I, there's pros and cons to that, but I also like to know what's happening and I like to hear the facts and then I can, I can decide who I want to believe or whether it sounds too far fetched and all these different things. And, and I am not gullible. I don't just fall in and believe everything I hear, but I do like to be, I, I like to know what's being said. I want to hear what's happening you know, all those things. And so, um, but if you're somebody that can, can become absorbed with that very easily, I can see how, you know, honestly, it not really, but it can make you crazy because there's just so many things that they put out that I just kind of 
put to the back burner because it was like, well, that's, you know, I can make that decision myself. But some of the things, you know, the, the number of deaths, the number of people getting sick, should we open up Michigan back up? Where should we open? Who should open? All these different things. And, um, you know, it, it hasn't really affected me other than I can't go and do what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm one that used to go and, you know, I used to go somewhere all the time, just go have lunch and do different things. I've had to stay home just, you know, like, like you guys, except I know Tina works, Stephanie, you work outside the home, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I can see where people could, their mental states could definitely go downhill very quickly. And that's, that's already a problem. You know, my, I lost my son to suicide. So I know better than most how well it can be hidden and all those different things. So what can we do? Like, you know, if, what should we be looking for in maybe friends or family that maybe are going through things that we can help? Maybe it's, you know, if we're part of a race team, you know, we, what can we do to stay in touch and try to help each other? Yeah. Well, and that's a, it's a great question. And, and I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. I just lost a friend to that as well, literally before all of this started. So um, I know that I felt very helpless and and very frustrated over that, um, that, that he didn't reach out to me. Um, I think what, what we've been suggesting to, you know, to, to our clients is, the people that a lot of times that are going to be having a hard time and that are going to be suffering may, may not be the people that you would expect. So what I've been trying to do is, is even with, with prospective clients, people that I talked to that maybe hadn't scheduled a call or they were going to, or, you know, they were going to start coaching, but they hadn't started. I'm just simply reaching out to them and not trying, I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm simply, Hey, just checking in. Hey, how are you doing? How is everything? you know, how are things? Cause a lot of the people that I work with are not here in the U S they're overseas or in Spain, they're in the UK, they're in Australia, they're, they're all over the place. So I'm just sending messages to people and maybe it's once a week, you know? So if it's somebody that maybe you're not super close with, but you would consider them an acquaintance, just start sending messages to people because you never know if that one little message that you sent is going to be the one thing that, you know, happened to, you know, to catch them and you start a conversation. So just more outreach and, and more connection. Um, stuff like this is, is fantastic. I know I mentioned that um, my cohort and I were doing the, the once daily. That's an excessive amount. <laughs> I would not say that you have to do that. But, you know, if you have a group of friends or if you have people, you know, in your community, the Zooms are, are great, you know, whether it's a, a cocktail, you know, hour, whether it's a, I've got a friend who, who owns a CrossFit gym and she's, she's actually doing her, um, her CrossFit workouts with her clients via Zoom, you know, just mm -hmm. anything that you can do to continue to keep the community going. Um, we have a chaplain in the motorsports community that serves American flat track. He serves, um, CCS and ASRA and uh, Moto America and I think one other series I was just speaking with him last night he's doing Sunday Sunday services um, and he's actually been getting I think even more people to that that online Sunday service than he would normally get at the track mm -hmm. and you know so just 
thinking outside the box to, you know, Hey, how can, how can we show up? A lot of it's going to be online, obviously, because we can't, we can't be meeting up with people um, right. until this goes back to being normal. But a lot of it is reaching out. A lot of it is being proactive and checking in with people. Well, that really ties in. Um, several of you were on last week. That really ties in last week's subject was how do we stay connected? Mm. And so we talked about, you know, phone calls, texting, yeah. Zoom, all those different things, sending yeah. flowers. Which, yeah. So Tina and her daughter, I got, I walked to the front. I, I thought I saw somebody come to my front door because I was sitting on the couch and I was like, well, who would be coming to my front door? Mm-hmm. And, and so then I, I got curious and I, and I, he, I didn't see anybody, but I just kind of felt, you know, like the shadow. And so I got up and there at my front door was a box. And I was like, what the heck? And so I, I couldn't imagine who was sending me anything because it's not my birthday or my anniversary or any of those things. And the most beautiful flowers, three yellow roses, which how did she know I love yellow roses, three yellow roses, and then some lilies. And they're, and they're all just, just opening up. They're beautiful. So yeah, so that was, that was just like, oh my gosh. That totally made my whole week. And they're sitting right where I can see them 20, the whole time I'm awake. And it just, it was, you know, it was a little thing, but it was a big thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. My my best friend's birthday is coming up. She's in Chicago. I can't obviously go there because of everything. Um, She's still working and her boyfriend is Chicago PD. So, there's too much pers- you know, people connection for me to safely go up there and spend time with them. Otherwise mm-hmm. I would, I, I would do it. So I was just on Amazon. I'm like, okay, what can I send to her? Like, you know, for a couple of, cause I wanted a couple of days of, of things. Can I send to her that's going to show up and just like finding some just silly, she's got German shepherd. So I'm sending her like a little German shepherd towel that's personalized with one of her dog's names on it. Um, and then handle and just, you know, just, Nothing crazy, but you know, it's just, I know that it's gonna, it's gonna brighten her day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So any, anybody have any questions yet that you want to ask Jenny? Well, I know, um, the last couple of months, especially since nobody's been able to get together, it's finally been the push for not only our, uh, mean, sports car club but the whole sanctioning body which my son is president of and they live all in wisconsin and illinois and he's the one that always has to travel three hours that now he's actually gotten to do zoom so which saves him a whole lot of time so and it's like you know then you're fighting the older people that don't want to start doing this and oh well this isn't that bad right Yeah. So at least it's it's gotten them over the hump to uh, get together a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, and and Jenny, you might speak to this too. I think that when this is behind us a little more than it is now, I think you're going to find that there's a lot of things that people thought they had to drive and do, you know, to get together, like meetings that, like you said, you know, like the Michigan Racing Promoters Association. Mm-hmm. People are from all over the place. And yes, is it nice to actually see each other and, you know, hang out? Yeah, it is. But it's also so much more convenient to do what we're doing tonight. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I talked to um, 
my friend Shelly works at Phoenix Raceway. And so we have an event scheduled for the championship weekend. Now, what that's going to look like or if it's going to happen, it's too far out right now cool. to know. But she and I were talking because she's been working from home all this, you know, for two months or whatever it is. And I said, Shelly, you might, you might just be able to work from home permanently. They don't need that big office building and, and stuff. And she's like, you know what? I think a lot of businesses are going to find out that they get more pro productivity probably from their employees when they're not having to come into the office than they did. And, and then, you know, they don't have to have that big building and, and, you know, that's not necessarily good for the economy either. And yet we're all, we're all going to see something different. There's ne it's never going to be like it was. You talk about the good old days. That was before March 1st, mm -hmm. right? Because from March 1st, really, or, you know, in Michigan, it was like the 12th or 15th. From that day forward, things are going to be different. We just know they are. Mm -hmm. And, and so yeah. um, I, I've talked to several people. In fact, I talked to a gal um, at Verizon because I was, having an issue with my bill, they had messed up. Same thing, she's working from home. I asked her, I said, are you working from home? And she kind of hesitated and I said, it's okay if you are, I'm, ha I'm happy for you. She says, well, some, pe some people think that we should be going into the office. And, and so she says, we really aren't supposed to tell people that we're working from home. And I said, yeah, but just think of how much money Verizon could save or any other business. They didn't have to have those big office buildings. Yeah. And so, you know, it's hard to say what things are going to look like moving forward. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's, there's been, there's been studies upon studies done. Um, and it shows that people are more productive at home. I, when I did work for, for Nissan, I was remote for th three or four of the months that I was with them. I was all the way up in Minnesota and Nissan's down in Franklin, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I was on site for part of the work, but I was up there for most of the time. And yeah. Still got all my work done. In fact, I probably got more work done because I didn't have the interruptions of people stopping by and, hey, can I ask you? And mm -hmm. um, there's cake in the break. I don't yeah. need that. I'm fine. Okay. Hey, did you watch the game last night? <laughs> all that right? kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the only inter interruption I had was a nine-pound dog that wanted to, you know, come up and snuggle. That was it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so anybody have anything they want to share or want to say? You guys are all tired tonight. You're all tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Where where is everybody? Where why location wise? Tina, why don't you start and tell her where you, where you are and what you do? I am from Battle Creek, Michigan, and I work at uh, Napa Auto Parts. Okay, Cindy. Well, I'm from Waukesha, Wisconsin. And uh, I know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And um, I work for the local circuit court in the criminal division. So, oh, very cool. And so, yeah. are you another, open? Day, another story? Huh? Are you open or is it closed? We are partially open. Okay. Um, we're working um, one one week at a time. Okay. Uh, we're rotating the staff. So, like next week, I'm the lucky winner and you know i work for a week and then i'm off for another week or two so oh, okay um, but we're supposed to be somewhat working from home and being on call so to speak so all right stephanie um i'm from lincoln michigan and um i just now 
started this week. We're doing a kind of starting to do more work at home stuff, but I still pretty much go to work every day. But I work for Colada Air in Ascoda. So and we're we're busy, very yeah. very busy. Very busy. <laughs> right. Your your business is one of them that's ramped up. Oh yes, we actually have um, an aircraft that just landed last night in Ascoda that is dropping all four of the engines. We are putting them on other aircraft because we had to drop those engines because of how busy we've been and we've had some issues, some mostly birds. Um, (laughs) And then when that engine, that aircraft gets done and gone through and everything else like that, we have to find four engines to put back on that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely busy right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. And Renee's muted, so I don't know if she's going to unmute and tell us or not. But anyway. There's Hi, Melinda. The- Hi, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> tell us where Hi, you're Jenny, from. Hi, Jenny. Thank you. Where are you from okay. and what do you do? Okay. Um, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I work for Race Face uh, Brand Development, which we, um, we develop um, drivers. So I've got grassroots racing. I work a little bit in the NHRA, but uh, they build out uh, stock car racing, mm-hmm. okay. um, the race race brand development. But I work in the design. I do a lot of the graphics, work with some of the young drivers, write a lot of content for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a couple different programs that we work in, race face. Uh, you might see me share that, Telmed for the telemedicine. Right. Uh, he's been involved in that for seven years. And, uh, you know, that's kind of really taken a toll since this coronavirus mm-hmm. and how important and efficient that that could really be implemented into lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I've been uh, with Motorsports for about five years, starting with NHRA, uh, working with the American Drag Racing League. So, but I'm originally um, from the medical field. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm very, I love, I just love working with people. I love your coaching program, Jenny. Thank you for Thank sharing you. that tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a great calling and passion. I've never taken any coaching courses, so mm-hmm. you might hear from me. Yeah. I've been thinking about it to mm-hmm. kind of just broaden some of my skill set. Um, yeah. I love working with women, empowering women, mm-hmm. as well as, uh, you know, children. I have two of my own, but they're grown. Yeah. Um, they, do a, they do a certificate program as well if you didn't want to do like a full master's. Um, so we're at Concordia under the umbrella of the Townsend Institute. There is a certificate program for executive coaching and consulting. And most of us are not necessarily, I shouldn't say most, that's not fair. A lot of us are not necessarily going on and coaching executives. There's a lot of pastors that are in there that are going back into ministry. There's a, um, one of the, the girls that, girls, one of the, one of the women that started with us she's doing the same thing kind of that you mentioned. She's really passionate about working with, um, with women, especially battered women and um, women that have come through traumatic divorces. And so she's doing something. Um, actually, she's in Ohio. Um, I'm trying to remember where she works for, I think, the Ohio State. Um, so, but yeah, she, um, so there's, there's, there's lots. So anytime, reach out. I answer all messages. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I don't, it doesn't make any difference to me. <laughs> right. So Jenny, why don't you tell us a little bit about then, and then I'll let you go. I won't keep you the whole, the whole hour. I try to keep this right at about an hour. So why don't you tell us though a little bit more about the actual, like if I, if I wanted to do some coaching, what does that look like? Is it 
you know, just as, you know, week to week as I want to do it? Do you have packages? And why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so usually um, I look at, you know, what, what exactly is the, the issue? Um, I first of all try to assess whether there's going to be a fit or not. I don't just, you know, take every single person um, because sometimes people think that they want coaching, but really they might need counseling. So I determine what, what the actual issue is to begin with. And there is no shame. And if that's the case, because I think we could all benefit from counseling. Um, I've, I've done it. I'll do it again. <laughs> I'll probably do it for the rest of my life at some point. Um, but there is definitely a, a line between what is counseling and what is coaching. And just to be clear, what's what counseling is very past focused, um, sometimes, and a lot of times trauma focused, um, that doesn't have to be bad trauma. It could just be, you know, something that you need to, to, to dig through and root out before you focus on coaching. Coaching is present and forward focused. So first of all, we determine if there's a fit and then most coaching arrangements are anywhere from six to nine months and longer um it just it really depends on what it is that we're working on the individual person what their goals are if it's an executive coaching arrangement a lot of times it's longer just because maybe they're wanting to progress up in the organization and and there's going to be some stuff we're going to dig through Mm -hmm. um, if it's an athlete kind of similarly, maybe they want to rise up through the ranks and I might start working with them when they're younger. And, um, even if I don't work with them the whole time, I might start with them. We, we stop working together for a little while and then we start working together again. But a lot of times they're long-term relationships, even if it's not a continuous long-term relationship. Um, the arrangement is usually weekly, um, just because I've tried to do it less than that. Sometimes bi-weekly is okay with the executive coaching clients, but weekly is usually best because you'd be surprised how much happens in the space of a week. And if you're not checking in on those regular intervals, things just fall through the cracks. You forget what homework you were supposed to do. You forget what, you know, we were working on, um, you know, developmental goals, just things, things don't, don't get followed up on in the same way, but that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Okay. And you give a, you're giving a discount to the members, which that's listed on our preferred partner sheet that they should have access to. So I appreciate you doing that yes. for them. Yeah. Yes. Just you guys. Just us. Guys. <laughs> <We're special. laughs> we already knew that. Yes. We already knew we were special, yes. but now you've made us more special. Yeah. So do yes. you? Do yeah. Because like, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say because I in in so many of the other you know situations that I'm that I'm already you know plugged into my my past life in you know in in uh, working you know. Kawasaki and then um, being involved in Moto America and all those things. I'm, I'm involved with so many men. The reason. <laughs> no, well, you love seeing all these women is what you're saying. I'm you saying love. I would, I would love to coach more women. That was, that was, that, that was why when Chris and I started talking about it, I'm like, yes, I'll give a discount. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
so, I want to help out ladies, please. Right. <laughs> so um, one of my, I think one of the biggest problems that race people have is sponsorship. Yes. So do you, do you cover that? Do you talk about how to build those relationships? You know, how to approach a sponsor? Is that anything that you would be able to help with? I could help with the present side of things, how to be, you know, how to have more, because on the executive coaching side of things, we talk about executive presence and just, you know, how to, how to have better executive presence, how to, how to present yourself better, how to, um, so I I sort of sneak that in with my athletes. Um, It's not necessarily something I focus on, you know, overtly, but I, I ran a, um, I ran a small team. I ran a privateer team. So I've had to get sponsors. I know how that whole thing goes. I'm, I'm very aware of it. I've been there. So I can speak to it if, if it's not something that they're okay. comfortable with. And, you know, I worked in sales and marketing for long enough. So I can speak to it if, if they need help with that. Yeah, because I just think, you know, so many, especially smaller race teams or, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to call them amateur compared to, you know, the NASCAR teams because they don't get paid. Yeah. Race. They pay too much. Yeah, pri- and so the privateers. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I, you know, I think that so many of those people, because old school was put the stickers on your car and away you go. And that's not mm-hmm. good enough anymore. And I, I think so many teams could really use some help as far as, how to build those relationships, finding partners that really are good for you, that mesh with mm-hmm. your personality, the way you drive, where you race, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Because as we know, every track kind of has its own personality. And so yeah. there's just so many, I think there's so many people that could really use some help in that area. But that mm-hmm. might, I think maybe your coaching as far as coaching for them would also then help them get more confidence. And that along with that, you're able to speak to the owner of the company or whoever it might be. Yes. Yes. Because like I said, at the end of the day, what I see so often is that confidence issue and the ability to carry yourself in a professional manner. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of, you know, the younger drivers, racers that I see sometimes are putting things out there on social media that they shouldn't and reacting at the end of a race. And so what the coaching does, um, that, so I I don't, I don't have like a, Hey, here's how you talk to sponsors. That's not part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have people that I'm connected with who are, you know, like, Hey, I go out and find sponsors for you and this is what I do. And that's absolutely like their wheelhouse. Right. But if you are a person who you, you know, you lose or somebody takes you out or whatever happens and you can't control yourself because you don't have the emotional intelligence or the self-awareness, that is my wheelhouse. That is what I can help you with. So we need to sign Kyle Larson up with you, don't we, poor kid? (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, I be counseling and coaching. I, yeah. And he's been in racing enough, you know, it was one of those things that just probably happened. a little, I, little I like, him. I hope he's able to come back and race. I, mm-hmm. you know, everybody makes mistakes. It was a bad one. I'm not saying yes. that it wasn't, I'm not saying he shouldn't be yeah. punished for it, but, um, I just, I just think that we're so quick to criticize. 
Oh yeah. And Twitter yeah. was so bad. Oh, it was just so bad. And I finally, and I don't really post on Twitter a lot, but I follow it because there's, that's where all the race people are. But I did finally put, um, the Bible verse that says, you know, those who live in glass, live houses. glass houses. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the other thing uh, was, you know, people who've had no sin be the first oh, to cast a to stone. Cast the first stone. Yes. That and, was the other, as soon as you said the glass houses, I was like, and the other one. Yes. Because right. it's like, you yeah. know what? Um, I've made lots of mistakes in my life and I would hate for somebody to crucify me on social media for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, that's what I feel bad. I think that everybody makes mistakes and the, the social media can be so good and then it can be so bad. So, yeah, yeah it, uh, I, I, I hope he's going to be able to come back from it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a good PR person and a little bit of cooling off time. And, um, yeah. it, it just, it, yeah, I, he was probably frustrated and just like, you know, wasn't really thinking and just was like, Oh, I'm just hanging out with my boys, except you're right. not. You're I think he, so somebody that I'm a good friend with his best friend from college is one of the iRacing people. Mm -hmm. And that guy was actually the one that had to turn him in. And he's, oh. and my friend said, he just, it, it just was killing me. He hated to do it, but mm -hmm. you know, and he thought he was talking to his buddies. He didn't know he was on. So somebody's always listening though. Yeah. Nowadays, somebody's that's, always listening or watching. That's, that's the thing. That's yeah, the thing. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have any other questions or anything unless one of the ladies has thought of something they would like to ask you. Anybody? No? Not that I can think right now, but, oh. Go but, ahead. Um, I know one of our, one of our friends is uh, taking a next step. Uh, it's going to be in, what was he? Is Robbie in Pro Mazda? No, it's the uh, uh, whatever Formula Ford. Formula Ford. Mm -hmm. Okay. Formula Ford, and um, so we had gotten gotten them uh, to the side, and we said, "Yep, that's the same thing. You got to watch what you say online." And he's still in high school, and we're going like, mm -hmm. "Ignore high school," uh -huh. you know? Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. Just ignore everything that's going on there and, and make sure you always put the best face forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, there's, there's several, like I said, I, I, I was really plugged into, you know, the motorcycle industry cause that's kind of what I like the shop that I manage and everything else. And there's a lot of those younger guys who I've, I've, I've watched them literally grow up. They, you know, they were racing in the Red Bull rookies cup. So they were like, you know, 12 and 13 and 14 years old and now they're getting to be adults. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the you know. And and I've I've been, you know, connected with them on online on on Facebook and, and Instagram since since they were little. And you could you could see the ones who had the maturity mm -hmm. to know what they should post and what they shouldn't post. Mm -hmm. Um and the ones who didn't. And even now some of those who are like just about one of them, just 18, 20, 19, who's raced overseas. And like, it's night and day difference. The opportunities that, that, that those will get versus 
the, the yeah. other ones. Mm -hmm. um, and even the opportunities that I feel like some of them have lost because they can't stop this thing. Um, no, they can't like, stop this thing. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I always, I always think if, if those same people had to say that to my face or to somebody else's face, they wouldn't do it. But behind the keyboard, well, behind the phone, they're all big and bad. And, you know, I can yeah. attest to that because my son was one of them for a long time. And, yeah. then, you know, he'd post something so stupid and I'd, I'd call him and be like, take that down. That makes yeah. you look so bad and it reflects on your family. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. those kids, especially racers and that reflects on their team, their sponsors, their family. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know... Oh, you just wish you could put them in a bubble and not let them talk. But, you know, that's just right. not how it's going to work. But it's funny you say that about the maturity because I've interviewed 300 people or something. I think I counted. Anyway, it's been a lot. Yeah. And a lot of them are younger. A lot of them are 21 and under. Mm -hmm. And you can tell a couple of things when you interview, especially a younger person. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell how passionate they are about racing by how what they talk about and how they talk about it and you can tell a little bit about how they're going to be in the future because they're very polite they're very well spoken yeah. and they can be 10 years old polite well spoken yes. um you know all the things it takes to move up and if yeah. if people don't think that that's part of being a successful package that's a lot of it because those people don't want to be embarrassed. Your sponsors do not want to be embarrassed by what you say. Look how fast they dropped Kyle Larson. It's part of the emotional intelligence piece, which if you read about it, like your intelligence is, is such a small part of how far you go. And mm -hmm. even in racing, which is like, that should tell you more than anything. In, you know, in the boardroom, you know, you figure you have to have a certain amount of smarts to get, you know, to where you are. But even, even so... It, it, intelligence only takes you so far emotional intelligence studies have shown take you far further and exactly what you were just talking about what you are seeing that's their emotional intelligence and I've seen the same thing and as you were saying that I like I can think of several of the people that I was thinking of talking about earlier those same names that's exactly what it is it's emotional intelligence right one of them right now is only 19 years old he just turned 19 and i know he's going to go far because he's got the talent but he also has the self-control mm -hmm. to be able to not get on the keyboard yeah he's 19 he still says some stupid things and he still you know goofs around but he doesn't we all do right i know <laughs> yeah, i mean <laughs> we all do it. that's human nature yeah. That's totally human nature, but knowing when to stop is the thing that you have to do. So every seven weeks, um, as part of my graduate program, we have a three hour long course. Part of it is, is Dr. O'Townsend, the head of the Institute. He speaks and then he brings in an Institute fellow. One of the fellows shared, um, it wasn't this seven weeks. It was the previous seven weeks, um, before all this craziness happened. But one of the, one of the, I think he had 10 things. One of those 10 things that has stuck with me and I've actually shared it several times is you don't have to have an opinion on everything. Mm -hmm. And he's not saying you don't have to have one, but he's saying you don't have to 
skew it everywhere. You know, mm -hmm. just because you have that opinion doesn't mean you have to share it. Doesn't mean you have to get on Facebook and, and everywhere else. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. You have to tell everybody. That takes a lot of self-control for some people. It does. It does. Just to walk away from the post, you know, you didn't like that political post. That's fine. That person can post that thing. You don't have to react to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't like what, what that person shared about the virus. You don't have to react to it. You right. can, you can actually just close your, you know, turn your phone off and just walk away. You can do that. That is right. your choice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know about you ladies, but this has really been good. I think I've enjoyed <laughs> listening to you, Jenny and, and, and hearing what you've had to share. And um, does anybody have anything else that they would like to talk about tonight or share or ask Jenny about? No, not that I can think of. Tina's about ready to go to sleep. me <laughs> <laughs> there in that chair. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had a couple of long days. Cause like I said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort and pitch. And don't look behind me because my dad, my office looks like a bomb went off, but it isn't just this office. It's the dining room table. It's the spare bedroom. <laughs> so tomorrow I decided I'm going to finish the stuff on the dining room table and get that done. And then I'll do my office and get that done because I've been kind of going back and forth. So like, this isn't working. So okay. I've got to get a little more organized, but anyway. Yeah. It'll be good. So well, and, and and Tina, I don't know if this is your thing right now, but on on top of everything else, the emotional stress it actually it wears me out faster. So I've had to be aware of, okay, do I need eight hours of sleep tonight, or do I need ten hours of sleep tonight? Because <laughs> well, and right I, now I feel like I'm going through more with my coworkers than I ever have. Is there's so much tension because of rude customers and just how we're being treated that we're taking it back and forth to each other and it's just it drains you by the end of the day so mm -hmm. it totally yeah. are people able to come into your lobby tina no no yeah, that's what i thought they're like well why what's going on uh what country do you live in there's a there's a virus i'm not yeah, sure if you've heard yeah. about that yeah i think it was they're just rude yeah, because Mark had to go get some parts for a guy. He's working on a motor, or he's working on a wrecker for a guy. And the guy ordered parts, I think for it was from the Napa store. And Mark went over there and just tried to open the door and about jerked his arm off because it was locked. And then I said, there's a big sign on the door that says to call this number. And then, then they come to the door and hand you your parts. So Correct. that's what you do, yeah. Yeah, and because we're independent, it was either not have any communicate or not uh, physical contact or to close until this was done. So yeah, it's basically curbside and credit card. We're not taking any kind of cash or checks yeah. or anything. So yeah, I, I pay with my debit card. I've gone through McDonald's to get tea or whatever. And I pay with my debit card and then I wipe it off with my little, my little wipes that are in the car. Yeah. So I don't want to use cash cause I don't want whatever, Cash they have in the drawer coming back to me. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, ladies, this has been good. I've I've really enjoyed hearing from Jenny and knowing more about what she's doing. And so, um, 
I think I'm going to try to kind of keep this on Wednesday nights at eight o'clock so that we have a certain night and a certain time. And, and, um, so you can kind of plan on that Wednesday nights at eight o'clock and I'll always put the link on my Facebook page and in the, um, Facebook page for the members. So feel free to share it, invite other people to come and hopefully we can grow this. And I'm also going to try to have a guest, you know, or a topic or something each week so that, you know, before you get on, if you have something you want to share about anything, then you'll kind of know what we're going to be doing. So um, that's it for me. Anybody else? Yep, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, well, invite your friends to join us. And um, next week, we'll be here again at eight o'clock and we'll all figure out what we're going to do. And then we'll go from there. All right. Good. All right. You guys thank all you have a great week. And Jenny, thank you so much for being on with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. It was, it was great to meet you guys. Yeah. Nice to meet all you right. too. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.